0: Welcome to Lore Watch, a roundtable freeform discussion about lore in the games of Blizzard Entertainment. I'm your host, Joe Perez, one of several lore-focused folks from Blizzard Watch, and I've got my marvelous co-host with me today, Matt Rossi. How are we doing today, Rossi?
1: Hello, everybody.
0: And he said hello. That's that's good. That's progress. <laughs> so we're going to be answering a bunch of your questions today, and thank you for sending them in, as well as we have started to receive thematic episode requests and as always thank you for those as well and if you have questions for the podcast or if you want to send thematic requests in be sure to send them to podcast at blizzardwatch.com uh, you can also hit us up on our discord server we do have a couple different places where you can actually ask your questions there is the Patreon and supporters uh q question uh podcasting q question channel part pardon me Uh, where that does get priority for our patrons. They do get first pick at when we get uh, questions to answer. And then there's also a Q questions section, uh, which we do also peruse for the podcast. So by all means, keep sending them in to us. Uh, Our first question this week comes from Ajala Moongard, Night Elf Mage, a.k.a. Verdigree. TLDR, almost all the survivors of Teldrassil were saved by mage portals. I think there's a big swing back to embracing the arcane and rejection of Maeve. Your last show's conversation about Night Elves led me to think about somber events in Wolfheart and Elegy. Or, yeah, Elegy. Uh, Maeve, or Maeve, I, people are going to yell at me no matter which way I pronounce it, so I apologize. Maeve Great tried killing Malfurion, but she had horribly murdered several Night Elf mages and uh, in meticulously planned death, thra- death traps, leading up to the uh, same for Malfurion and Wolfheart. I think it's important to note that almost all the survivors of T- Teldrossel were evacuated through mage portals, described in Elegy uh, as being held open for days without rest on conjured food until the smoke threatened all Stormwind. I'm not up to all the Night Elf lore, but after everything, I don't think Maev uh, has much support anymore. That is an interesting thing, and uh, again, it's I was completely
1: wrong. my um, <laughs> is completely in command of the largest Night Elf army.
0: Yes, she is. She's
1: got plenty of support. Also, you're looking at one event. Was it a traumatic event? Absolutely. It was a horrifically traumatic event that will take decades to get over if it's ever gotten over. But look at human history. Look at the fact that <sighs> something that has been the case culturally for 10,000 years isn't going away overnight no matter how horrific the events are. Old prejudices hold on. They don't die. Even after generations pass and the people who originally held those prejudices are long gone, those prejudices come up again. Um, so the idea that the Night Elves are just all suddenly over their antipathy towards towards arcane magic? Not likely. If for no other reason than just before the burning of Tildressel, What happened with the Nightborn? The Nightborn, who are incredibly powerful arcane mages and who, you know, they're effectively offshoots of the same culture as the Calderai. Physically, you would barely be able to tell the difference between them, went and joined the Horde. And what was the main difference? Culturally, they embrace arcane magic. Stuff like that things last. They don't go away just because something else comes along. Is it true that arcane you know, portals were used to evacuate Teldrassel? Absolutely it's true. Um, are there arcane magic users among the night elves now? Absolutely there are. Is it a prejudice that's going to go away anytime soon? No, it is not. And as for Maiev's support, um, Maiev is probably just as surprised as anybody to find herself in command of a major night elf army. But she is. She was the commander when the Night Elves took back Darkshore. She was the one in charge of that battle. She was the one leading Night Elf forces. She's probably got more support now than she ever has in Night Elf society. I mean, before she was just the head of the Wardens, you know, just the head of one secretive organization that basically acts like prison guards. Now she's in command of directly, direct command of like a huge chunk of the military, the Army of the Night Moon. So yeah, I think that if anything, Maiev's got a ton of support, and it's just it's it's established in game. She's running around like when you, when you get the quest at the end that it, that that announces that the Night Elves have won and taken Darkshore. It's Maiev who takes the player over to watch Taranda's speech.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, she is she's at least as, as influential in their culture as Chandras is at this point. Those are the two, the two Night Elves you see the most of in, in the Battle for Azeroth are Shandris and Maiev. So, yeah, she's doing fine. They, they, they don't, you know, players of World of Warcraft often say, but this happened, so people are not that clean. People do not just forget their prejudices just because something happened to contradict their prejudices. I mean, if if prejudice was rational, it wouldn't exist. You know, if if people could just be you know reasoned out of bigotry and 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 distrust, then you wouldn't have them anymore. But we still do. No, I don't think I don't think I think you're taking too positive too positive and optimistic a look at night elf society. Now,
0: what I thought was interesting about it isn't necessarily so much this in particular, where they're just going to completely forget their prejudice. But it's more a question of, now that all these events have happened, do we start seeing the softening of some of the night elf stances against the arcane, foreseeing some of the benefit that it has given them? And Maiev is one of those ones where I could, now that she's in command of this large army, uh, she under, she's been through all these traumatic experiences and now knows what was done does her stance start to soften? And I think maybe it becomes not necessarily, like you said, it's not the, the erasure of prejudice overnight, but maybe it becomes part of the catalyst for character growth that she's very obviously been going through for a very long time. Like, it's just another thing added into sort of that, that bucket that helps her transform into a, a different person or, or evolve as a character that we interact with goes. And that's where I think that mainly starts to happen. Like Matt said, this is a it was a, heart, a hugely traumatic experience. Sure, it's something that they're now recovering from. and But we've talked about this a lot of times. Look at Tyrande. She is consumed by the, this sort of rage that's, that's sort of coming, and justifiably so, where she wants revenge. She wants this she's become a little bit darker she's become a little bit closer to what maev was right and maev is sort of coming down from that over all these these sort of expansions and and interactions and, and and events they're each taking to these traumatic events a little bit differently and i think it just becomes more of a character growth point not a complete erasure there's still going to be You know, night elves that don't want anything to do with arcane. Nothing says that Maiev is going to have to instantaneously trust every mage she comes across. But she can acknowledge, okay, thank you. You held up the the portal for our people to get out as many as you could, and we appreciate your effort. I won't kill you today. Like I could see something along those lines, and then her saying, "Well, maybe a fireball would be really useful here to throw at the the horde, especially because they're all clumped together." Yeah, sure, mage. Why don't you go do your thing? That's more likely to me. What's going to happen versus, yeah, everything's fine now. Let's all go become mages and, and, you know, everything's perfectly happy and content. At least that's what I see.
1: Well, I just, I'm more responding to the idea that Maev has no support.
0: Oh, yeah. The idea that, you know. Like, I I love, I love you, Verd, but I mean, that's, that's a point that, that is definitely, I I don't think is a a hot contested anything. Maev has a ton of support. Otherwise, like Matt said, she wouldn't be in charge of, of that many forces.
1: And and for that matter too, there is the idea that mage views about mages amongst night elves are n- not uniform. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no like we all think they suck. Uh, that's just not how it works. It's not the way it works with any culture. Um, it's not I think the way that it works in general. I, I think in general we've been seeing since Cataclysm that the night elves are cautiously willing to allow some arcane magic because. They're in a position where they realize their lack of arcane magic has been somewhat of a threat to them. But they, they can't live in a world where they don't have any arcane magic. They would prefer to.
0: But they can't but anymore. But they can't. They know they can't.
1: Yeah, and it's it's very much the case that they've been the the difference is that when the highborn came back versus the the nightborn, the highborn didn't have an they didn't have a huge city and a lot of resources and weren't, like, in the middle of basically working with the Burning Legion. You know, when the Highborn came back, they were like, okay, Prince Tartheldrin was nuts, but he was doing that on his own. The rest of us understand yeah. we don't want a big demon in the middle of Dire Maul. We we'd we want to, like, we, we, we understand that we would need to coexist. Whereas the, the Nightborn were very much, you know, had just practically threatened to destroy the world by handing over an incredibly powerful Titan relic to Gul'dan and then wanted to come in and, and basically be an equal. And then and Toronto's opinion was you have not proved that you can be trusted yet. And the the blood elves were like, oh, see how snooty they are? Come join us. It, it worked really well. It was a really good approach on the on the blood elves part. And I don't think the the highborn really the nightborn, the the night yeah nightborn that's what they are called right. Nightborne. Nightborn. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason that the words all the born words are conjuring together in my head. It's like the Nightborn legacy here. Uh, I, I think in general, the Nightborn were much more likely to go along with that approach because, unlike the Highborn, they, they'd been living on their own for 10,000 years. And they'd been doing fine up until fairly recently. So they didn't have that sense of, you know, oh, not, everything we've been doing wasn't working. Whereas with Prince Tartheldrin, he didn't have the Nightwell. He had a demon that he summoned personally, and it was, re- it was taking a great deal of effort for him to keep it under control. He didn't have this font of magical power sustained by a titanic artifact. You know, the, the Nightborn effectively isolated themselves and were successful isolationists for 10,000 years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Their culture was completely different. So the Nightborn and the Highborn are different types, and it was a different approach. The, the highborn approach of basically saying, you know, we'll we'll come back and we'll teach you our magic and coexist with you know, your society, is one that had a lot more chance of working with the with the night elves. Um, and I do think it has worked. I think the night elf approach to arcane magic has softened, hence all those portals in the first place. Uh, but they, they it's not going to universe. It's just not. It's not their culture. They're not going to just toss it all and go. Everybody, let's go to arcane magic school.
0: Yeah, especially, especially when you see, like, what did Tyrande embrace? It wasn't this arcane empowerment. It wasn't going to look for an arcane relic. It was, you know, praying to her goddess, who she's, you know, in servitude to, and getting the power of the Night Warrior. Uh, <clears throat> look at Melfurian. He didn't exactly go, yeah, druidry isn't working. I'm going to go figure out how to, you know, become an arcane, you know, missile-slinging night elf. It was... No he just embraced the more feral side of, of druidry and started ganking trolls like they don't they accept it they don't lean on it right It's not this full swing into it and even then like like Matt makes a good point the ones that they accepted weren't necessarily in a position to be I don't want to say dominant but like obstinate right like the, I mean, the-
1: dominant is in fact a good word here. Maybe. Um the highborn were willing to come back and be part of night elf culture.
0: Whereas the nightborn they were willing to be are...
1: subordinate. Nightborn we're not going to do that. No, the nightborn they had won't. their own bloody city. You know, the nightborn were like, you know, we're we're a power block, treat us like one. Um and I don't think the approach would ever flung with with Tyranda, who had too many bad memories of the way Suramar was 10,000 years ago. And to be fair, the nightborn have proved that they are absolutely the same kind of people that were existing ten thousand years ago who worked with the demons. Because what happened, they worked with the demons. That's that's indisputable. That's and, what they
0: did. And yes, people are gonna sit there and say not all of the nightborn were on board with that. Of course similar not all how, the nightborn, not simil- not all
1: of them were ten thousand years ago either.
0: And similar to how not all the highborn were on were you know, in cahoots with having a demon summon in the middle of Dire Maul. sure. But they still waited for how long to really find a way to fight back. They kinda went along with it for how long
1: until yeah, I mean, basically Elis- subjugated I, you know on obviously like it, 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 it goes into a lot of things and I think that the night, elf res- the night elf relationship with arcane magic is always going to be thorny because let's face it they're really good at it yeah like if you look at all the, the elf casters we have now the nightborn the high elves the blood elves they all come from a night elf tradition they're all descended from Night Elf mages. The Nightborn, the, the Highborn, the, the High Elves, the Blood Elves. all They're all Night Elves originally. That's where they come from. So for Night Elves, they look at what happened to the world and they have a very conflicted view of it. You know, they, they're much more, this was our fault. This was, you know, the reason the Legion came, all that stuff. That's something that's been beaten into their culture over 10,000 years. You can see what like, the elves who don't have that cultural constraint are like. They all go swinging wild into the the, the, uh, the arcane this first chance they get. Like, Look at all of them. Look at every other elf group on Azeroth. They all love the arcane. It's only night elves that don't. And it's only night elves that have that cultural guilt. They're the mm-hmm. only ones who look at it and say, we did this. This destruction, the, the whole thing with, with Ashara, that's our doing, that's our fault, that's our sin. The Naga don't feel that way, and obviously why would Ashara feel that way, even though she's kind of the one that did it. Um, the None of the other elves do. And so as long as that cultural context is there, it's never going to be as simple as, okay, the arcane is cool now. It's always going to be, this is a tool, but we know what happens if this tool gets out of control.
0: So hopefully that answers a little bit more in-depth the idea that you presented there. Um, Again, not that we haven't thought about it, but I think it's a little bit different than you position it, Verd. Our next question comes from Metalzani. Question for Lorewatch. Greetings, watchers of Blizzard. You may need a tinfoil hat for this one, uh, and sorry if it sounds weird, but I had a random thought, as one tends to do when looking through the Chronicles books. Looking at the map, aftermath of the Akir and Troll War, it seemed the only Trolls to push into areas with Titan facilities were the Dark Trolls, at the Well of Eternity, and Hyjal. If we are to also speculate that Hyjal has a hidden facility under it... Okay. First question, why does it look like the major Troll tribes avoided the Titan facilities? Second question: Do you think the other two spots on the map that have dark trolls could be unknown Titan facilities? I'm um, where all this is spe- speculation. I noticed this when I'm when thinking the first elves were an accidental Titan forging by being too close to Titan facilities, and this is why the other trolls stayed away. Uh, sorry for the long question. Thanks for all you keep due to keeping me entertained while working. Tzaralor
1: uh, so, is a Titan facility.
0: Yeah, it is.
1: Nazmir is a Titan facility. The trolls did not stay away from Titan facilities. They, the biggest first troll city, is a big Titan facility. There's a big Titan lock on the top of the Lore. As you quest through it, you see it get destroyed by a Chitragi. That's the whole thing where Zul and, and uh, oh bloody heck, the Rastakhan. That's where they fight. Mm-hmm. It's right on top of the Titan facility. So, no, that's not just not accurate. They did not avoid them.
0: Yeah, and as far as the other thing of, do we think that only the Dark Trolls, like, settled around unknown Titan facilities? Maybe, but again, the whole idea is that there's probably, and we, we talked about this a bunch, there are unknown Titan facilities. You talk to the Heart Maiden, the Maiden of Vitality, in the Heart Chamber, and at several points throughout the entire thing, this expansion, she has mentioned other facilities that we haven't seen, and we don't know where they are. We don't yeah, know. Yeah, we're not what sure.
1: They do. We're not sure what Eldorus is. I mean, also, we should point out we don't know. There's a Titan facility that 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 uh, Nizoth is locked in. When you go into the the Ashura's Eternal Palace raid, it's not in the Eternal Palace. Like you go somewhere, like it might be below it, or I'm 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 completely frank with you. I don't understand where that last chamber is in relation to the Eternal Palace.
0: It's, it's off to the side. Like you can see the palace from that chamber.
1: But it's not directly in there. But it, obviously, if Ash'ar's Eternal Palace is considered to be built in an old Night Elf city that they converted when it got dunked underwater, um, clearly the prison of Nazoth was close to it the whole time. Uh, that's the first thing that you think of. But that, we don't know what that's called. It's a Titan facility. We have no idea if that's Eldorus or not. We don't know if it's any of the other ones. There's some that just. So that's the first one. Secondly, Joe's already right um, about what he's saying, but let me put you this way. The reason that, if you think about Alderman, Alderman is right smack between two trolls, two troll, two troll groups, three troll groups. Um, because there's the Winteraxe trolls who are, you know, descended from the, the Zoldraki, they're winter trolls. Um, they're right there in Dunmoreau, they're, the, they're in the area. So they're right near Old Amman. Uh, both the, the Amani and the Gurubashi are on the same continent with them. And the Amani are not particularly far. Keep in mind the Amani Empire used to be much bigger. Much bigger. It used to cover the entirety of what most of the human kingdoms is. The Amani used to hold all of that. That's what the whole Troll Wars was about. So it's kind of hard to say the Amani weren't like they were in spitting distance of Aldmeron, and the Gurubashi. I mean, you can get up to like the the the. Uh, I want to say, is it the broke? Is it the Badlands? Yeah, <laughs> Aldmeron's in the Badlands. Yep, it's like two zones up from where you find a ton of trolls. Like the the trolls, the, the Gurubashi trolls again used to have all that territory. That's currently considered, you know, related to Stormwind. The humans came down and took that from them. That was all troll territory. That continent was split between the Amani and the Gurubashi before the humans showed up. And for thousands of years, while the humans were on that continent, the trolls barely cared about them. They were not a threat. The trolls mostly preyed on them when they had a chance when they bothered to, but they were fighting with the elves a lot more, at least in the north. It wasn't until the elves taught humans magic, and that you know, um, oh bloody heck, I can't remember his name, but he created Stromgarde. I should remember his name because Thoradin. There we go. Thoradin created the the human nations by uniting all the disparate human tribes. Up until that point, the humans were of no consequence to the trolls. So, it's not really accurate to say the trolls didn't go anywhere near Aldemond. They were both troll tribes, the Amani and the Gurubashi, were all over that area. So, it's not really a a fair statement. I mean, some places they didn't go near. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, But Look at the, 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 look at the Trolls in Zulfarak. They're right next to a couple of Titan facilities. Mm-hmm. They're right next to, to yeah. I mean, Uldum, and then they're right next to that giant Petri dish uh, on Crater. So they're, they're quite close to a couple of... We even know, we know for a fact, that during the the, the, Akir, the Troll-Akir War, the Trolls absolutely did go to the area around uh, Zul'Gorub. I mean not Zulgrub, sorry, um on Karaj. We know they did. We they drove them in there. It's because of the trolls attacking that the the, the uh, Karaji ended up in that area. They, they they took refuge in there. They ran away from the trolls.
0: Yeah, and the other thing too is we have to consider as well is we also don't know how much knowledge of Titan stuff the trolls used previously as well. That's a question that has popped up during this expansion, particularly with going through a bunch of the dungeons uh, and Aldier, the first raid of Battle for Azeroth. When you're going through these facilities, you notice that there are troll-made constructs, not Titan-made constructs. There's also an entire quest devoted to it. The trolls had knowledge of how to use Titan technology, at least to a certain degree, and so they wouldn't have been able to do that, at least in my in my estimation, unless they actually, you know, went to a Titan facility of, at least once or twice, figured out what was also, going on there, or, or dissected what was put in
1: front of them. I think that's actually wrong, but here's why I think it's wrong. Okay. Um, because there's an actual Titan Watcher who is troll. There's a Titan Watcher when you do Aldir. When you do the quest line leading up to it, there's a Titan Watcher that you take quests from and who helps you, uh, and who is clearly modeled after or probably antecedes trolls. So it's like when you see that that one Noroshen, I want to say, the one that looks like a mogu, in uh, mm, when you go into having... when you're doing Misah Pandaria, when you do Misah Pandaria, there's I think his name's Noroshen. I can't remember, but he's it is the, he looks like a mogu. So they didn't where... make him look like a mogu. he looks like one because they're they're like antisry units to him and that's always made me wonder are the trolls like Titan are they Titan Forged too and are they basically descendants of this Titan?
0: So here's where I think you're a little bit wrong here is because the watcher that you interact with is not in any way shape or form modeled after a troll aside from the headdress it wears. Having just done this quest four times on four different alts right now, it is human. It has a human face. It does not have any troll features. It has uh, full hands the whole nine. So I understand what you're getting at, but it doesn't have, like, troll tusks. It doesn't have troll face. It doesn't have anything like that. The Watcher itself looks like it's modeled almost after some of the ones that look like they might have been, like, tear. So it's, it's a weird... Like, I get what you're saying, uh, but it's not, like, nourishing. It does not look like a troll. So... Again, the only ones that we see that do look like a troll are in um, what kind of King's Rest, in particular, and that's it. The ones that we interact with in um, why why can't I think of the name of it now? Uh, undergrowth, what a that dungeon, the one with all the the, the white. Schna- I'm
1: sorry, Hezriel may not have tusks, but there's no way I'm accepting that as a human face. That's just no, that is not an accurate representation of his He looks a lot like a, like a zandalar. He does not have tusks. that's true. but he does not to me look like he is a human in the slightest. He's got like, yeah, his face looks pretty zandalar to me. We're just going to have to disagree on this one because I'm looking at a picture of the guy right now.
0: And, um, and we can we can definitely agree to disagree on it. But like I said, the ones that definitely to me look more troll than any of that. rate, right. He still
1: he still has basically. Not only does he basically have a very you know he looks Zandalar in his dress and character but we know for a fact that Nazmir and Zoldazar are built on Titan facilities. Mm-hmm. So even if the trolls aren't descended from these guys, it's almost impossible to me that they haven't been studying them
0: and that, that's the point that i'm getting at like regardless of of their dissension uh or how they they track their ancestry they had to have been studying or learning or interacting some way shape or form with titan constructs and you're talking about with the, the watcher beyond just the watcher that entire area of the swamp that's all ruins where you find not just one uh, titanic creation but a few of them because you are literally ripping power cells out of it or when you go to um, there's a bunch of quests that you do for the fox folk, for the Valpara that have similar things where there's a bunch of runes, there's an entire area that's completely run down and being, uh, it's a bunch of titan uh, creations of that are locks. powered by, it, it is also one of the locks but in this area it's yeah. titan creations that are being run by souls like literally you're killing them to release the souls inside of the, the, the things so like the, they have to, at some point, have interacted with these creations and learn from them. So that's that's all I'm trying to get at at that point. So, are there other facilities that we don't know of? Yes. Are there places that possibly the trolls have settled on? Entirely possible. Uh, did the trolls avoid the those Titan facilities? No way. Absolutely no way that they just avoided them. All right. Our next question. Oh, wait, one thing. One, wait, one
1: thing before we go to that question. Go ahead. Uh, I do also want to talk on the subject of Dark Trolls and Titan facilities. It's certainly possible, I mean, one of the things that the, the uh, Tomb of Sargeras slash Temple of Alun makes us all wonder is like the relationship of Night Elves with the Titans. But we don't know, and that should be pointed out. It could turn out that the Night Elves... if there There's a lot of evidence to support the idea that the Night Elves were affected not by anything specifically titanic but by the well of eternity which is of course the blood of a titan.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it isn't it isn't necessarily the same thing. They may not have been shaped directly or deliberately. They may have been a result of rather than a than a than a engineered thing. And that's we've seen that with other creatures who are exposed to similar like for instance the waters of the uh the Veil of Eternal Blossoms, which was exposed to the, you know, essence of Amanthul, uh, those waters changed the Jinnu and made them what they are. Uh, <laughs> and we know that that might have happened with the Well of Eternity as well, but we don't know for certain. We Night Elf origins are still pretty mysterious. Like we we know that there's most there's almost certainly a relation between the Dark Trolls and the Night Elves. The Night Elves don't want to hear it but we know there is probably some relation, but we don't know how it worked. We don't know what caused it. We don't know if it was Titans or if it was just a loon and we don't know what a loon was. And that's one of the things I feel like needs to be stated until such time as we actually get answers. This is still an unknown. So I just, one of the things I wanted to point out.
0: All right. Our next one comes from goth Dorai. Uh, question for Lorewatch. After listening to Lorewatch last week, Rossi talked about how Nazoth didn't care about the knife, but Nizoth did care about the knife. After you give knife-u to N'Zoth to Nizoth, he says the following. Go, but the blade must remain to serve my will. He ordered Zalatath to leave the knife behind. It's remarked in the question afterwards that the Horde player feels compelled to give Savannah the blade after they defeat the bosses. Who or what is compelling the Horde player to give the knife to Sylvanas? Which leads into my question Could it be possible that Nazoth wanted a backup plan in case he was defeated? And if we use the knife on him, then a portion of himself would be put into the blade, and thus he could survive whatever happened to him? What do you think? Well, I
1: mean, we don't know what happened to the knife after it was used. Like, did it blow up? It seems to have blown up, but whatever did happen to it, we don't know. Nobody ever says, oh, no, the knife is blown up, and it doesn't exist anymore. It's literally, you know, Wrathion uses it. He creates the uh, the Herald of Rage or whatever they're calling it now. Um, I just like calling it carapace. I don't know why everybody immediately says, it's not carapace, but whatever. It, yeah, uh, I
0: call it carapace because that's what the journal says.
1: <laughs> but, but when it gets made, that's the last we hear about the knife. It never comes up again. No one brings it up. When I said he didn't care about it, I met, literally meant he immediately, like, you know, makes it go, be part of whatever the hell is going on there. Like, he doesn't keep it. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't keep it away from anybody. He, like, you know, hurries that thing into Sylvanas' hands. Which, of course, since Sylvanas was working with Ashara the whole time, it implies, and Nizoth shows you that. When you go into as to the final fight with Nizoth, Nizoth is the one who shows... As Shara and Sylvanas having a little confab, so he knew. He knew the whole time, he was aware of it. So he deliberately has the blade given to Sylvanas. So that's that's a better version of than what I said. I said that he didn't care. Obviously, it's part of his plan the whole time. What is his plan? I could not tell you. I do not. I do not know if he put a piece of himself in the knife because here's the thing: I don't know what happened to the knife. I mean, Joe, d- did you know any further about the knife? Like-
0: I have no idea, and they don't. Th- that's one of those things, right? Like, the knife is used inside of the vision, uh, inside of essentially what is a pocket dimension, and we see this big fanciful explosion, and then all of a sudden we have a really angry piece of Nazoth flesh that we have to fight, and Rathian is down on the ground taking a knee, and we have no idea what happened to the knife. The knife's not there. The knife's not with Rathian anymore. Uh, yeah, it's there's been There's been speculation that the knife uh, is what basically gets used as sort of a physical catalyst to become the fury of Nazoth. I don't see how that's possible, but okay. I know that's one theory that people have been, been throwing around there. We don't know. We don't know what happened to it. It's also entirely possible because one of the other things that's, that happens during that fight um, and the fight immediately after is you see. That Nazoth does have ways to touch back to the material plane, the, the the prime plane of existence for Azeroth, through multiple different portals or multiple different places from his little pocket dimension. It's entirely possible that he flung it back into the universe somewhere during that big fanciful explosion that we weren't paying attention to what happened to the knife because it was literally a black dragon stabbing an old god with a giant you know knife it could still be out there we have no idea it's it's one of those things that's it's a loose end and it's an intentional loose end it opens up a lot of things for Nazoth to come back in the future again yeah. he,
1: i've been he, saying from the beginning that Nazoth is not uh-huh. dead
0: yeah ex- I agree. i've agree. i been
1: saying it since this fight came out i've been N'Zoth is not dead Nazoth planned everything that happens to you in there everything it happens everything we do Whole the whole using the, the power of the the reorganization forge, yeah, it was all part of his plan. Does that mean that he is currently in the knife? I don't know because I don't know if the knife still exists. It might have. It might be in like an, it might be in our world right now, festering and growing a new off body. I couldn't tell you. I mean, it's certainly one possibility. The other possibility would be that he you know he deliberately handed it to Sylvanas because he knew it was the only way to get Ashara to unlock him. Like, she wasn't going to do it until she had a weapon she thought could kill him. He'd taken the, the essence of the being out of the knife. Now the knife was harmless to him, for all we know. It, it's quite possible that the whole reason he did that was because it was the only way to neutralize the threat that the knife posed to him. Mm-hmm. And now it's nothing to him, and he didn't care. We don't know that either. That's not been established. All we know is what he did that he went through a lot to get you and have you be the one that makes the decision about the knife. I I don't know what, you know, I don't know if you're you're an Alliance player, do you just sit there and wait? You must just leave it there. And then hope like some, he gives it to some other horde person who shows up five minutes later. I don't know. But in terms of what's going on, all we've got is what we've seen. And a lot of that we can't trust. Like, the first thing that they do in that raid is have you fight Rathion and then, you know, Rathion shows up after and goes, "Well, oh, that wasn't me." That's the first thing the raid does is to make you waste your like literally N'zoth's first gambit is to make you waste your time for several minutes fighting something that isn't even what you think it's fight- you're fighting. That's the first fight you have in in Ny'alotha. So, we can't trust anything that happens in there.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing like and going back to part of the original thing and Matt said this already, but when you say that he doesn't care about the knife, it's not that he doesn't care about the knife. It fits his plans. It's 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 not a threat anymore. And that was the important takeaway from everything that happened up to that point. He removed whatever threat it could potentially be. And once that's done, what else are you going to do? Like he, he just goes on and does uh, whatever his plan is. The knife's out there in the wild. But again, I, I, I don't it's
1: think certainly possible. that he didn't care. I don't, I don't want to like take away from this possibility of what this person is saying. Because that's the thing. It is certainly possible. It does, in fact, fit everything we know. Because we know nothing. <laughs> we, we, we literally know nothing. We don't know what happened to that knife. I mean, if, if at any point somebody had come up and said, Oh no, the knife has been destroyed. Then at least we know it was destroyed. Nobody says squat. Rathion never brings it up again. Nobody does. You know, we're at the end after we've used the the, the, the Forge of Origination on Nazoth, and we're getting our whole thing from Magni. Magni never once says, "By the way, what happened to the knife?" Nobody brings it up again. So I have no idea. I can't. I can't. All I can do is say, "Could be. Don't know." Um, but there's nothing contradicting it. I will say that there is yeah. nothing established in game. It's not. It's not like the Troll Titan question. Where there's there's evidence of trolls and Titan facilities, um, there's nothing here. I mean, there, there's nothing to contradict it. There's nothing to prove it. There's we the last we see of the knife is getting used in that really cool cutscene, and that's the last time we see it.
0: Yeah. So again, you could be right. He could be a piece of him in there. That's that's was pres- preserving him, but I think ultimately, just whatever happened, it was all part of his plan, is what it boils down to. Our next question comes from Vulcan. Lore edition, is Eguin alive? Where is she? She dies in the comics, but those are not canon. And if the wiki is correct, her last appearance is in the cycle of hatred where she doesn't die. And another question, is there a new guardian of Trisfal or the position ended with Medivh? I think we answered this potentially on Tuesday as well a little bit.
1: It's a lore show, what the heck. Yeah. Um I, I will say it front before I let Joe go on the first part. The second part, it's established there is no Guardian of Terrace Wall. We know um, that for a fact. Medivh himself, yeah, Medivh himself tells tells uh Cadgar, no, that we don't I I was the last one. It's that's done. You're defending Azeroth just fine without the power or title. You don't need that anymore. So yeah, there is no Guardian of Terrace
0: As far as whether uh Egwin is alive or not we have no idea. Like, there's been some weird pop-ups back and forth with her throughout the history of Warcraft. That's another loose end that we don't know, right? Like, she she's very clearly powerful. She's very clearly super powerful. She brought Medivh back. But where, where she went after that or what happened to her, no idea. As far as we know, she could be part of how... Uh, the whole thing with Karazhan and the tab- traveling backwards through time happened. She could be uh, that powerful enough that she has that sort of knowledge. It is incredibly unclear what happened to her. Would I like for her to still be alive? Yeah, I think she'd be interesting. I think it'd be incredibly interesting to see how she would be reacting to everything that currently is happening in the world. But yeah, I don't, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, there's nothing that really states cleanly one way or another whether or not she's gone or still still walking uh, reality of some type.
1: No, um. But now that we know the comics aren't considered canon, there really is no way to know what happened to her. I mean, she dies in the comics in a pretty big storyline involving characters who don't they, they've deliberately kind of said, nope. So, yeah. Um, the last time we see her I mean, it's weird because the comics are canon up to a point. Because everything like, that happened with Varian is in the comics, and all that stuff is canon. Like the whole bit with Anixia and all that stuff, that stuff's canon. So she appears in those comics before, like before it goes off the rails with the character who does not exist. Um, so I don't know, honestly. Was she? Did she even go and hang out with Jaina for a while? Was she? She could have died when they blew up Theramore. If, if we, do you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's impossible. Yeah. We, this is they're going to have to come along and clarify it because we're, they, they're the ones who introduced this. Um, yeah. And I think
0: and I think there's some some folks have been citing, uh, I want to say, the ultimate visual guide as one of the sources that say she's dead uh, and Armageddon, which was the comic again, not canon. Uh, but even if you were to take just the visual guide that predates all of Chronicle, that predates uh, a lot of the established fixes that they've put in place uh, and a lot of cleaning up of the storyline that they've done since then. So I'm not even sure that you can take the visual guide as as canon any longer. I think it's it may be outdated at this point. Um, so again, I don't know. Maybe we'll see something. What I would like is maybe we see something revolving around her and Medivh, uh, maybe a little bit in Shadowlands, maybe some more information about it, because if she brought... Mediev back from the dead, then it's entirely possible that she understands a way in or out or knew a way in and out of the Shadowlands or has some arcane connection or some connection to one of the planes or pocket dimensions there. And I'd like to see maybe that explored a little bit because I want to know how she managed to pull him back from death. Because she did. We know that. How did she do it? Is it just pure arcane power? Then why can't other mages do it? Why can't uh, Dadgar do it, who is exceptionally powerful in and of himself And
1: was it, was it limited to Medivh because of the circumstances of Medivh's life and death? Right. So we don't know It so, might be that it wasn't necessarily that Aegwyn knew how to do anything special and may have been something unique to Medivh This is not established, we don't know
0: So yes, uh, we don't know what happened to her, but I'd like to see more about her in the future our next question comes from Falren. Uh, question for Lorewatch. Greetings, watchers. Ever since Blizzard mentioned uh, that the Mongrel Horde was considered as an antagonist uh, for the expansion that eventually became Warlords of Draenor, i have been hoping that they'd find some way to slot them in. The idea of an all-barbaric races of Azeroth, gnolls, kobolds, centaur, quillbore, etc., uniting under a common leader and acquiring some serious technology is one that I do think has a lot of potential. Maybe not enough to carry an entire expansion, but absolutely enough to be a secondary antagonist that are either pawns for the real big bad or just a third party taking advantage of the chaos. More recently, the shakeup in the Horde leadership caused by Sylvanas' departure has created a potential patron for the Mongrel Horde, Jastor Gallywix. Uh, has an uncertain future ahead of him, and I think he is the perfect candidate for someone to start the Mongrel Horde. After all, he has both access uh, to the needed tech and a complete lack of common sense to believing handing out machine guns to gnolls and rocket launchers to kobolds is in no way a bad idea. Do you think I might be onto something? Or how would you like to see the Mongrel Horde presented if it ever comes
1: to pass? Definitely think you have something about this idea of giving gnolls machine guns.
0: I mean, coballs with with rocket launchers seems pretty dang cool to me.
1: I'm I'm having a hard time seeing the downsides. Hmm.
0: <laughs> Matt Matt, no, Matt is in confirmed.
1: Uh, in all seriousness, also, man, that was very mean. That's the hardest, harshest thing anyone's ever said to me. I'm sorry. You Looked at that guy. <laughs> eh, no, I feel bad. Um, uh, looking at that, honestly, I don't. The thing is, is like this comes up a lot. The concept of we don't know. I, the last that we saw Jaster Gallywix was he was getting his his green butt out of Dodge, and Thrall essentially replaced him as leader of the of the goblins in the horde, with his old buddy. Um, oh, really, heck! Why can't I remember the name of the guy? He's in everything. Uh, the The goblin who built Orgrimmar essentially. He was the original goblin involved in the Steamwheel Cartel for the the horde. You know oh, what I'm talking about. Right? You play uh, horde.
0: Not Galloway uh Gaslow.
1: Gaslow, yeah. He basically replaced Gallowics with Gaslow. They gave Gaslow his job. Pretty much. Um he was, he's now in charge of that of the cartel. Whatever they're called. Uh the Bilgewater, cartel. yeah. He Yeah, no, the Bilgewater. It's the Bilgewater, Bilgewater yeah, are the ones who were yeah. He's the one that he just took charge of. So that was Gallowics' cartel. He he lost it. He's out in the wind somewhere. Could he decide to give, you know, Nulls rocket launchers and Cobalt's machine guns or whatever version of that you said? Uh, yeah, I, I suppose certainly he could. He's, he's certainly greedy and amoral enough to, if there was a profit in it for him. Um, that that's the, the real thing is, could he come up with a way to profit from it? I certainly think he could. Uh, I just, I don't, I kind of wish that they'd do something where they introduced something like this. Not necessarily this, but something, some threat that it doesn't either dominate nor go away in the middle of the expansion. Uh, Joe, we talked about the Scarlet Crusade, I think, one or two of these shows ago. When we were talking about like how they basically, they're coming back again.
0: Last week was our, uh, our Scarlet Crusade and... Uh... And uh, Sally Whiteman Extravaganza, that is correct, yes.
1: And, and th- something like that. Something that is, is not gone at the end of an expansion. We, we haven't had that, I think, since the Crusade got destroyed. Like, first in Wrath, and then again in, in Cataclysm, where the, the last vestiges of them got destroyed, and we thought for sure they were done. And now they're coming back, and it's it's clear that they've been somewhat revitalized. I like having an antagonist, that like having groups and factions... That aren't necessarily the big bad of an expansion, but that are threatening, that you can fight, that certainly there's reasons to fight, and they they stick around from expansion to expansion. Like, you know, no matter what else happens in the world, there's always jerks doing bad mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. you know? There's always stuff you have to deal with. There's always menaces and threats. And they're not always aligned with, like, you know, okay, Deathwing just showed up, and that's awful. But that doesn't mean that these Quill boars have stopped being jerks. And they're still jerks, you know? And
0: that's something I really like the idea of, personally, because um, I just started leveling my uh, lower-level characters. Like, I finally started leveling a mage again, and one of the things I've been doing is going through a bunch of the old Quill quests and going through a bunch of the old, uh, ra- like, Razorfin Downs and, and, and stuff like that. And the way that they sort of evolved over the years and the sort of depth that they have as a race, I think is something that hasn't been touched on in forever. Uh We get a little bit about it in battle for Asperth because there's, there's quill boars in the human islands, right? Like on the, the human territories. Um I think, which one is it that has like some of them doing some, was it storm
1: guard storm song? It's Stormsong. primarily in storm song. Yeah. yeah.
0: So like we see a little bit of quill boars there, but it's like, that's that having them become an earnest threat, I think, would be great. They have access to shamanic powers, they have access to uh, priests and necromancy. Uh, we've seen them do all of that. Um, they, at one point, were working with a lich and learned how to do all sorts of weird, nasty, undead stuff. There, uh, they have a natural call to druidry. They used to have, a, uh, and they might still have, an ancient that championed them. Uh, at one point, the, the Boar agent, um, and I can't remember his, like Agamar, Aggram, not Agamar.
1: Ag- yeah, Agamar or something. Yeah. it's not Agamar, it's close enough, though. It's, it's
0: real close. But, like, they have that, like, they're not exactly weak. They're just disorganized. They have their their tribalism. Get rid of that. Find, like you said, find a unique leader that can actually take, you know, take the the control, f- rise up. Like, you know, these, all these Horde and Alliance, they've been coming in here and wrecking up our place all this time. You know, it's time for us to stop worrying about what this tribe's doing and this tribe's doing. Let's all band together and just, like, burn their cities to the ground. That would be cool to me. Not the burning of the cities to the ground, but the, the idea of them becoming a real earnest threat because... Th- it would make sense it's logical especially after everything
1: that's happened it's agamagon
0: Uh, thank you agamagon Agamagon. yeah so agamagon
1: (laughs) Um, but no i I think you're totally dead on um and i don't think it needs to be limited to quobor i think that there are a lot of people's imagine like the thing is, is i'm sitting here thinking about this and i can think of even like like I can think of sympathetic reasons for this to happen like imagine mm-hmm. if all these groups got together and like we're tired of these other people stomping all over us taking our land waging war across where we live you know i mean the centaur i mean gr- granted the centaur we only have the the side of the Centaur Toran conflict, but the Centaur were at war with the Toran for centuries, and then the Horde comes along and decides, nope, we would like this to, 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 the Toran, so we're gonna wipe you guys out. And they pushed them all the way out of the Barrens, except for like a few places, and, we, and you know, shoved them into Desolace, which is just a crap hole.
0: And we know, I mean, and we know that not all of them are bad because we've interacted with even some of the spirits of the Centaurs that are like, yo, this is bad. Go do stuff. Like they're 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 friendly to the player character. Like
1: it's, just you know, we could have all these different groups. Like you could have the the kobolds and the harpies and the gnolls. You could have a lot of different groups. Yeah, Knolls. You could have. There, there's other ones. There's the the Firbolg who currently you know, they they dislike the Accord more than the Alliance, but they're not exactly loving the night elves either. They could totally join a group and be like, you know what, now f both of them. And they could bring their they could bring their wild gods into it. You yep. know like ursul and ursok have been through a lot
0: oh so, super
1: lot and if we, we especially if you make use of it during like shadowlands where like you know we go, we're going to arden which is where the, the ancients apparently go to recharge before they return to life um that could be like a whole thing about it like there's peoples within Ooh. both the horde and alliance territories who would definitely not like the horde or the alliance yeah. and you could totally make a group out of them
0: even better or I want to say even better, but feeding into that. We just talked about this last week, uh, and we've and we've gotten a bunch of questions about this. One of the things we were told about Shadowlands in general is that time doesn't travel linearly there. It's It's not cut and dry. It's not just faster or slower. It's all over the place. This would be really cool to say, you know, we're in the Shadowlands. We spent all this time there. We're the big heroes of Azeroth, not necessarily the you know, the armies or the armed forces of them. But what if during that time we're gone for a decade uh, of of Azeroth time, right? It's a week for us in Ardenweld, but, you know, time moves so slow there that everything else is moving along super quickly in in, in Azeroth Prime. And in that time frame, these groups start to rise up because heroes aren't there to put them down. Because if you look at it in the past, these quests, it's not armies going to do it. It's not, you know militias and Minutemen and, and, and things like that going out to deal with these things. They can't. They got other things they've got to deal with, whether it's uh, the war between the factions or whether it's uh, securing trade routes or whatever the case is. Heroes go deal with it. We're tasked with going to do it, regardless of what level you are. It doesn't matter. You're you're an all-powerful hero worth the, the salt of X number of, of, of soldiers on the battlefield, and you're going to deal with these big nasties. When there's the riots in uh, the stockades... You're sent to deal with it. The guards can't deal with it. The military can't deal with it. You're sent to deal with it. Well, if we're not there, what happens during that time frame? Like, if the heroes weren't there to, to put down Hogger and his rebellion, did Hogger escape? Did Hogger become the voice of the Knolls, uh rising them up to, to exact revenge on human settlements one at a time?
1: Please let Hogger die. <laughs> There are other nulls in the world. It doesn't have to, Hogger was a low-level guy in like a seriously. Like, my God, let Hogger go. But my point <sighs> stands, regardless
0: of who it is. It's It's. This would be a really good opportunity to sort of work something like
1: that in. Yeah, you because could totally of do it. Yeah. and I think even if you don't, you go the time slip route, you could totally just say during the period of time where everybody was con- was consumed with this, all consumed. Like we've had. Three expansions for like all consuming threats, you know. Like during World of Draenor, there wasn't an all consuming threat, but we were off another the world. Then like Legion shows up, big global war, the World of Death coming to see us. During all that time, it's plenty of time for all these other groups to like get together. There's a smart or connected figure who's like willing to bankroll and support them, and you could build a coalition that is now an actual threat, and he doesn't have to be the main threat of an expansion. It doesn't have to go away at the end of the expansion. You know, I just think that's the thing that really appeals to me about this concept that they don't have to be done once we're like the problem with an expansion threat is that at the end of the expansion, the threat is usually dealt with and that's fine. You want to feel like you did something, but think about like the end of cataclysm when we get rid of Deathwing. Now we don't have Deathwing anymore. Mm hmm. I have lamented the loss of Deathwing since the end of Cataclysm. Like, First off, I don't feel like we got it to do enough with Deathwing in the first place. Secondly, the actual fights with Deathwing, just kaiju fights. And Deathwing had a lot more going on than that. I honestly feel like it's a shame that, that were the last two fights we had with Deathwing were him being a big kaiju. Not that I mind that. Honestly, you know, the the last raid of of Dragon of of uh, Cataclysm, Dragon Soul Raid, could have had four Deathwing encounters in it, and I still wouldn't have felt like they gave Deathwing enough credit. Um, as a figure, he he was one that was just really cool and interesting, and he just didn't get to do a lot of the cool, interesting stuff that he did before. So, yeah, I, I do. I lament that some expansions come along and they make like this thing is the major threat because at the end that major threat is dealt with. And I don't feel like it's doing World of Warcraft a lot of favors to lose all of its threats. Like you kind of want people to still there's still to be stuff out there for you to hit. Not that there isn't. There's plenty of it. It just feels like, you know, did you want to lose Deathwing? Did you really want to lose the Legion? The Legion, at least, you know full well, is going to come back someday.
0: Yeah, they just lost like, They lost but, some of their leadership, not all of it.
1: I mean, well, more importantly, Sargeras is like, he's barely inconvenienced. Like, he's going to come back. He's going to get out. It's like he's being held by the rest of the Pantheon, who he beat once, uh, and Illidan, who's never been a threat to him. He's there now, but he is going to get out.
0: And he's the only one that was at full power because the rest of them were tortured for eons. Like, yeah. so, They're, they're so, not exactly at
1: full capacity there. Yeah, there's there's definitely going to be a situation where he comes back and the Legion comes back. But I'm fine with it being on a break for now, and I'm fine for us focusing on other things. But I, I'm, I don't like the, the, the idea of every threat has to be a big bad that gets dealt with at the end of the expansion. I like the idea of threats continuing from expansion to expansion. Oh I agree. They don't have to be the main threat, but I love the idea. I would love the idea if not only the Scarlet Crusade comes back and does bad stuff in the next couple of expansions, but if this if this was to happen, it doesn't have to be called the Monkle Horde, but if it, if some coalition of Azeroth's un, unfortunate groups got together and decided to like, you know, F both these guys, you know, F the Horde and F the Alliance. They both we but we hate them both. I'd love that. I think that would be great narratively because now you're in a situation where like You've created a three-way situation on Azeroth, and the third group hates everybody involved. Yep. So you can't, the Horde can't ally with them, the Alliance can't ally with them, and it's like, do the Horde and Alliance ally with each other? Like, you know, because they have their track record on that's not great. And the interesting thing about it,
0: too, for me, is those groups are technically, at least from what I can remember... And and I had to go back through Chronicle because I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to these. But these are natural races, right? These aren't necessarily uh, Titan crafted high evolution races that you know they're not descendants of cruel or anything like that. And they could be well, descended,
1: Centaur descended from Night Elves, kinda,
0: kinda, they're, but
1: they're they're children of scenarius and mating with you know a an an Earth elemental, yeah, Lord, kinda. Kinda. So, are ancients. I mean, ancient.
0: I mean Cenarius technically isn't a night elf.
1: That's true. He's the child of Illuun and and he, his and you know Malorn. So he's he's, yeah, a, he's a demigod. He, he, but I mean, so
0: I mean that to me that would be real interesting because these races are also a little more naturally tied to. And if they were to come back and be like, "Listen, the whore is just destroying the planet. The alliance is not helping things either." We were here before them. Let's just go murder them and save save the world. Like then you get this interesting complex of like, are they actually the bad guys at that point, or are, is it really us that have been the bad guys all along, because our stupid wars uh, and everything in between have just been tearing the planet apart and not just saving it. And here comes the Frogs going, "You don't know how to heal the planet. We actually talk to to Azeroth on a regular basis. We know how to do
1: this stuff." Hold on a second. Like there's also like it's interesting because we think the kobolds come from trogs, we think, and trogs we we know that the trogs come from the earth, and but I mean there's the Drogbar. Remember the bar? Mm-hmm. Where do they come from? Like you know, what are they? Where do they come from? We we know that they exist. They were called earth trolls at one point. Are they related to trolls? Are they supposed to be titan creations? I mean, there was, Zalatath implied that, but we don't know anything about them. And I, they'd be great to see in this group. Like that's the thing. You could go to every expansion. And you could pick like one or two groups to mm-hmm. join this. Like you could have some Drogbar that were that were still mad that they lost against the uh, High Mountain. They could join. You could have like, you could have the Allied races for this faction too. Like you know what I mean? You could you could seriously and, go around finding all sorts of groups and and like having them join this coalition.
0: The interesting thing to me too, and I and I don't think this would ever happen. But I love the idea of it. For years, players have been asking for a third faction. If it ever came down to it, this is something that could 100% evolve into that, where it's not horde and alliance. It's a third faction of wildlings that just don't care about the horde or the alliance and have their own things to deal with. Like I would be so down for that because and, and, and the interesting thing to me is all these all these races have classes established for them already. We've seen Quilbor and Cobalt Shaman of different flavors over the years. We've seen them have priests. We've seen them have warriors. We've seen them have essentially what could have been generously called paladins. Like, they could very easily fill all of these gaps canonically and be available. Like, we've seen arcane mages. We've seen them have druids and shapeshift. And I, I'm in love with this idea now. Like, this is something I would love to see happening. So thank you, Fallon, for bringing this back up because I, as a threat, and if it ever evolved past being a threat over the course of several expansions, like Matt said, uh, which I'm also in love with, the slow building threat looming of all these natural races uh, into something more, I'd be for it because I think these are all races that need more time in the sun to begin with.
1: And and yeah, that's true too. I I, I certainly think that there's a lot of potential for a lot of these groups that aren't really getting focused on and plus they would not be it's it's not a situation of oh it's old gods again or oh it's the legion again yeah it's more earthly earth, you know it's things that are just on azeroth that are tired of your crap you know it's like we're tired of you destroying our homes we're tired of you like you know having wars in our and where we live we're tired of you digging your minds into like the kobolds that like you know we're just living underneath orgrimmar when the, the trolls, I mean, the, the goblins dug into their homes back in Warcraft 3 and Rexar had to seal them back in. Those guys, like, we're, you know, we, we, what are you or, doing? Or the,
0: the furbolg fir- the Yeah, we were doing fine. We had this nice little village going and everything, and we were perfectly happy. And then this dude, Xavius, that apparently was mad at you guys came along and mind-controlled us and made us do all sorts of weird, unsavory things. And it was 100% your fault because you made him in the first place. How'd that work out for you? Like they have justifiable reasons to be angry.
1: And yeah, that's... I mean, like like the furball. You know, besides that whole thing with like they're mad at the night owls, I mean, the the horde literally enslaved them.
0: Yep, and put we've them been in murdering tents. them in tunnels for years.
1: Well, not even just that. I mean, like I'm talking about when you go to to you go to um Ashenvale. The the horde has seriously put them in ca- oh, yeah. in cages and yep. is forcing them to be slaves. So I mean, there's both groups have done like you know. The furballs probably wish they would never even heard a night elves heard about now. And as for the, the horde, yeah, oh, f those guys. And, and you know, and that's like you can see that like, why would why would kobolds care? You know, both of you it doesn't matter which one of you it is. You both come down into my caverns. You take my candle. You, I keep telling you not to take my candle, and you keep taking the candle. You just keep doing it. Stop it. Stop <laughs> taking my candle. That's so my I'm, candle. What
0: I'm hearing is candle for war chief.
1: Like seriously, like you know. <laughs> <laughs> These the, the kobolds have like a real problem. You know, you keep, they, they live They literally when we, in Legion, we found out that the kobolds live in terror of a dwell of a being that dwells in darkness. And that's like going to come out if they don't have like, that's why they, the candle whole candle thing is they're terrified of this entity, which exists by the yep. way. Yep. We run into it. So yeah, no F you, you candle thieves, that candle is important. That candle keeps me safe from the the, the annoying void that lives in the darkness. And you're just taking my candle, no. And, and it's like, and you can do that with all of them. The Centaur, you know, you you, you you had no reason to jump into this war. You you met some cow people you liked, and you decided we had to die. Yeah, okay, f you. As for you, Alliance, the first thing you did about finding out was to try to use us against the Horde as living weapons. Well, f you too. Um, Quillbore, we've already covered the Drogbar, You know, you 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 jammed your faces, and we were finally going to get to rule High Mountain, and you took it away from us. Uh, You know, from our perspective, for perfectly justifiable reasons, but they're not going to see it that way. Uh, And you could do that with, like, so many. There's so many groups out there you could do this with. um, That you could actually have a a coalition that's big enough to threaten both the Alliance and the Horde. You know what I mean? Like, if you put it together right, you could actually have enough figures in this that it would seriously be a threat. There's enough of them out there.
0: And not only that, but think about it too, like the collective knowledge they have as just these races, like they know where all of the underground caverns and tunnels and pathways are. They can move unseen. The only thing that keeps them from being a threat is somebody strategically organizing them and giving them like a, a, a solid direction. But, like, when we find kobolds, they're in mines. They know every aspect of those mines. They're in tunnels. They know every aspect of those tunnels. Uh, the furbolgs, like, the very first time we ever encounter any of them uh, is up by winter. What? Winter spring? Winter spring. Oh,
1: know. no. We, we encountered them in Ashenvale way before Well,
0: Ashenvale. But, like, yeah.
1: we see, like, they in do, those
0: tunnels. They have a whole society.
1: Yeah. They have tunnels. They The, the other thing, too, to think about when talking about this is, like, you mentioned the kobolds already. The Drogbar can literally... Just make magic tunnels and just go up and down through them. Mm-hmm. So you've got a bunch of different. That's a whole thing, yeah. The, like the centaur have a direct relationship with the earth elementals because they're, you know, they're all and, descended from Princess Theradross.
0: And the ancients, because they're, you know, they're descended from, from another scen- one of them. Scenarios. Yep they got they have linkage
1: them. there. So there's there's a lot of it. To, there's a lot of interesting stuff to do, and I mean, you know, heck, we, we're not even. We, we've been talking about this for a long time, and we really do the show needs to end at some point <laughs> but I, I will say that too like just because the tauren are the centaur's enemies doesn't mean for instance we couldn't get the yongol in there mm-hmm. who like they're crazy about fire and you know they have they have no love for either the horde or the alliance
0: no we spent we spent um, a good chunk of an expansion murdering them
1: yeah they might come in i mean granted they wouldn't be very friendly with the centaur but you know that look at the horde and alliance right there there's there's groups in the horde that don't like other groups in the horde uh, the, Alliance is, the Alliance is more... They've never been as antagonistic with each other as the Horde has been, but there's a certain amount of, of, you know, looking down at and, you know, sneering at between them. You could totally have this Mongrel Horde or whatever you call it. I don't want to call them the Mongrel Horde, but I can't come up with a better name right now. I do think that, like, you know, just imagining this union, this union of the oppressed who are tired of having these, these factions fight all over their planet could totally do something cool with that.
0: I mean, I'm personally thinking of them as, like, wildlings, but, yeah, mongrel horde, wild, you know what? Let us know what you would call this group. I'm curious for our listeners out there. Let us know. I want to know what you would call this group, if uh, if you could cast them, so to speak. But Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Watch. Your continued support means this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads free site experience. And again, if you have any questions... Uh, or thematic things you want to throw our way for the show, uh, send them to us at podcast at blizzardwatch.com or hit us up on our Discord channel Uh, and we appreciate every bit of support you give us guys Uh, thank you very much and we'll see you next week